and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 13, and I have two spooky stories for you today, and story number one comes from Marie. In 2017, I had just given birth to my son, Lex. I was seeing many things around our home at the time, like a crying baby in the tiny patch of woods behind our house, but no baby, I did have a check, and I really believed we were being haunted. Many shadows and things moving about, but more terrifying was the people peeping in the windows, and the kids at the door demanding to be let in with the completely blacked out eyes, ringing and ringing the doorbell and slamming their little fists on both the doors and the windows. I spent months in absolute terror over this each night, and I attempted to sleep it all away, which is actually hard with a newborn who is very constantly hungry. I hid with him and my older son Lars, many scared nights out of my mind and wishing I knew how to make them go away. All I knew was not to let them in. However, they began coming in the daytime as well, though not as aggressive in the sunlight, honestly. The ones peeping into my windows were adults and in particular, they liked looking in my kids' room. We stayed in my bedroom quite a lot during this time because I had blackout curtains and while, yes, I could hear them, at the very least, they couldn't be seen. As you may have already guessed, I had postpartum psychosis at that time. I was also pulling worms from my eyes, actually feeling and seeing them in my fingers even hours later after crushing them because I was so incredibly sick. It was all completely in my head. But I was alone with just my babies, so often it took a long time to realise I was the only one seeing and hearing this. I agree so much that so many of our paranormal encounters are actually mental illnesses rearing their ugly heads. And I believed I saw the black-eyed children because they are something very incredibly scary to me. So my very sick brain made them real. I could not tell the difference between these black-eyed people and real people. They were solid, they spoke, and they even interacted with the real world. There's another episode I finished tonight where you all touch on guardian spirits and how maybe people's minds make them real. Our brains truly can do some strange things and I sincerely believe that in many of those instances the spirits really truly are ourselves. Our brains are both incredibly scary and amazing with how real we can make something we've completely made up seem. I had another encounter several years before that I have less explanation for however. I was driving along the road to my home when I spotted another car on the side of the road and I was absolutely filled with dread right away. I hated that car and felt like I needed to hightail it away in the other direction immediately. Every single alarm bell was going off in my head and my skin was absolutely crawling. I kept on and when I passed this other car I glanced over and there were four or five people in the car of varying ages by the way, none of them particularly young looking. They were all staring at me with black eyes, absolutely locked onto me with literally no expression on their faces, even the driver. None of them broke eye contact and even kept on watching as I drove off and glanced back to the car. I have never in my life felt more afraid or more in danger and I damn near wrecked in my fear and shock. Needless to say, I picked up my speed and got home in record time. I wonder sometimes if that encounter was real, but I will never know as no one else witnessed this with me. It is more likely just that I already had some psychotic symptoms knocking around in my head and was unaware at the time. 
But I think it's so interesting that after that encounter, I was so afraid of black eyed people that when my brain went absolutely haywire, they came back to haunt me. I don't think it was all a coincidence that what my brain decided would be a great hallucination was something that had previously scared the ever living shit out of me. I believe almost everything can be explained. But I also do believe there are really paranormal things in our world. But maybe there's less than we would like to believe. I think Marie makes such such an important point and it's so important that we talk about this on the podcast as well. It's not as simple to just say that everything is paranormal. Unfortunately, things like postpartum psychosis really do exist and they really do cause symptoms like Marie described and they really do seem real at the time. If you've got any new mothers in your life that you start to get worried about or they start talking about stuff like this, it's really important that you speak to somebody like a member of their family or their partner if they have one, you know, somebody in their life that you can step in with and help because poor postpartum psychosis is not only terrifying but it can be really dangerous and I guess I should also say as well while we're on the topic that postpartum psychosis can happen to anybody once they've had a child anybody at all it doesn't matter if you've had a history of mental illness doesn't matter if you've had a history of psychosis it happens in people who have no history of psychosis and I really do think that terrifies me way more than anything paranormal to be really honest Um, So many of our paranormal stories, they are about loved ones that come back or, you know, people aren't really in danger from the stories that we hear in the podcast. But the things that your brain can do, that's that's the real terrifying thing for me. And maybe maybe you were right. Maybe the psychosis symptoms were kind of always there all along. And that's how you saw the black eyed people in the first place all those years ago but what is so freaky about this is that your brain brought that all right back when you were going through postpartum psychosis holy moly that is the most terrifying story i've heard in a long time and story number two comes from aiden when i was around eight years old me my parents and two siblings were moved into an abandoned looking hostel These hostels were small and consisted of around 10 blocks all facing each other in a rectangular shape. They were all hidden in a field-like area, with access through a tiny gate and could not be seen in any other direction. The immediate feeling of entering this strange space, where you were visible to each two-story block, was horrifying, as you would instantly feel watched, and the conditions of the area were not good, creating an unsettled atmosphere. We lived in a one-bedroomed hostel for around two years, which was challenging being a family of five. At the beginning of our stay, everything was fine. Although the conditions were not the best, we were managing and nothing seemed out of character. As a young child, paranormal activity was not something that played on my mind. However, my baby brother would often sit facing the dark corridor leading towards the bathroom, laughing in hysterics. This was amusing to watch at first, but when it constantly continued throughout the months, my parents were quite confused as to what was so amusing. The strange thing was how he was always in the same position, facing the same direction when laughing, and this was facing the bathroom door at the end of the dark, unlit hallway. A common fact that most people know is how babies are said to see ghosts or figures. This started to play on my mind after hearing a conversation my parents were having about what he was laughing at. And with the area we lived in, it would have been no surprise to them. 
Time went on and things started to occur at night, which would freak eight-year-old me out. On most nights it was common for the small toy cars I placed on my desk to slowly be rolled back and forward. These cars were placed less than a metre from my face on my desk, which would terrify me knowing someone or something was standing right next to me. This happened several times a week and I kept my eyes tightly shut pretending to be asleep, but my heart to be pounding so hard that I could hear it louder than the cars. After my toys had finished being played with, a faint scratching on my radiator would occur right above my head. Sometimes there would be a knock and strange noises were constantly being made on it. I told my parents but they didn't believe me and told me it was just the pipes. This went on for weeks until one night my box full of Lego was thrown onto the floor creating a massive bang in the middle of the night. This woke me up instantly but not my parents, sister or baby brother were awoken I know I was not dreaming as the Lego was scattered across the room but was confused as to why I was the only one awoken being in a tiny flat. Time passed and again I woke up one night almost knowing something was going to happen. I was staring at the wall directed opposite to my bed where my TV was placed and after a couple of minutes a red flash was emitted from the TV. Turning the TV on playing a program I could not recall but very loudly I was so scared that I slammed my head to the cushion and pretended to be asleep. My mum came around five minutes later to turn it off. After this nighttime routine constantly occurred, I was having trouble sleeping and things were not the same. Then one day my parents went out leaving me and my older sister at home for around an hour. She would have been around 13, so we were both young but not stupid and knew the basics. Don't answer the door, call us if you need us. We were sitting in the front room watching TV when all of the plates in our kitchen dropped rapidly from the counter and smashed all over the floor. In absolute shock, we both jumped and were so confused as to how they had fallen. We gathered they must have fallen and we went to clean up the mess. As we were in the kitchen, picking up all the broken parts of the plates, a white glowing ball floated into the living room coming from the bathroom, stopping directly in front of our faces. We both screamed so loud and it disappeared within seconds. We were so scared. We stood there crying and my sister called her best friend telling her the situation. Because I was only eight, I was completely horrified and after 15 minutes of standing there waiting for something else to happen, I walked back into the living room trying to gather an understanding of what just happened. My sister cleaned the remaining mess and I ran into our room. It was only a few seconds later when we heard the slamming of a door unit open and closed dozens of times. I looked into my kitchen where my sister looked at me. The horror of seeing us both not making the noise released the coldest shiver down my spine. It was the unit in the bathroom being slammed shut over and over again. We were so horrified that my sister called her friend again and I shut my bedroom door. I couldn't tell you what happened next as I don't remember much after that day. But what I can say was that it was the most confusing and terrifying day of my life. I also would go around the house taking pictures on my 3DS, and in almost every picture there was a white orb, no matter what room I was in. However, it was nowhere near as bright as the one I saw floating in real life. But it doesn't stop there. Me and my sister made a friend called Sims. He lived in the block opposite ours, and we knew what window was his bedroom window facing ours. One day as I was walking out of the area to go and put the bins out, I felt the urge to turn around and look at his window. 
As I looked, there was this old man sat in the window staring directly at me. He was wearing all white, and I looked away because I didn't want him to think I noticed him. I was very confused as I didn't think Sims lived with an old man, but I didn't think that much of it. The next time I saw him, I asked him about the old man that was in his bedroom. He told me that he didn't live with any old man, and none had visited in years. I was so confused, but Sims wasn't so phased as he was older than me. After that, I knew this location was haunted, and strange things would often occur, leaving me with constant vivid nightmares. I was so lucky to move out not long after, and I'm currently in my following home. I still have the TV facing me to this day, which brings back these uncomfortable memories, but it has never turned itself on in the seven years of living here. I often question what I saw that day, and wondered if the negative energy from my dad's alcohol addiction had brought some ghost, spirit or demon into our home. I often questioned my mum about her paranormal experiences and she told me about the house we lived in before the hostel. This was before I was eight. However, I still remember the house and I loved it. It was a new build that had previously been a mental hospital from hundreds of years ago, so had a lot of history. My mum had told me that when she went to do the dishes, she felt footsteps heavily approaching her, but when she looked, there was no one there. She said she was tapped often, but when she would turn around, no one was there. And lastly, the most horrifying one, when she did turn around while feeling like she was being watched, a scary inhuman face stared back at her from the side of the door, with its hands holding it up on the door frame. I was so creeped out knowing I had previously lived there, but was too young to acknowledge this. I also often asked myself if I did see these faces, but was too young to recognise a ghost, and if they followed us into the hostel. You know what? what paranormal investigators need to start doing I'm patenting is that the word patent patenting this this is going to be my invention right you go to a haunted site you don't bring your gadgets you don't bring your sp7 spirit box and your xbox 360 figure thing what you do is you just bring a baby you just find a local baby and you carry that baby around in simba the lion king style into each room and see how the baby reacts. The baby starts giggling, you get out of there. Baby starts crying, you get out of there. Proof, the building is haunted. If anyone tries to use that idea in any upcoming paranormal shows, you heard it here first, and I will sue them for stealing my idea. Uh, This place sounds terrifying, because, you know, it's not like you were dealing with, like, shadow figures running around all the time blah 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 but that incident with your sister where everything seemed to happen at once like the plates smashing the cupboards banging that is terrifying and I can't imagine being 8 and 13 years old and trying to make sense of that that sounds so scary and often these places like hostels etc they are often kind of quite transient so people come and go quite quickly so so much happens there so they end up having like much more history compacted into this one building than ordinarily would happen if that makes sense and look who knows maybe the negative energy in the house was stirred up by whatever was going on for your family but whatever it was it sounds terrifying 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Marie and Aidan for sending in your stories. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for more content, you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.